My name is Dimitri, and I'm a productivity and minimalism enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and ethics enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets philosophy. And what it means to build a better life. Enjoy the show. What is going on, guys? My name is Dimitri. My name is Chance. And welcome to the first remote edition of... The Rise the Productive, Rise Productive Podcast. Ah, uh, see, that was, uh, was kind of cute. All right. Um, we'll work through we'll, it. We'll get through it. It's it's going to be a little bit, bit of a learning curve. Hopefully, I can like visit and not have to do this too much. But um, how you been, man? Been good, man. I feel like it's been a while. It's been like, I feel like a lot of times it's not like a real catch up because we're just like living with each other and, <laughs> you know, updating each other on the day. It was like a month. What was that? Last part? What was that? My headphones cut out. Oh, no. Okay, we're back. Yeah, so um, basically technical difficulties are a thing, and that was kind of a meme. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, I've been doing all right. I I started work last week. Yeah, man. How's that been? Uh, Google ads, Facebook ads. I'm learning. We're learning. Yeah, that's huge. That's, That's exactly what you wanted to be in. It's exciting. Yeah, it was kind of weird like when I realized like halfway through the first week this is what I said I wanted to do going out of college and I'm doing it. I was like, I set a goal and I achieved it and that's pretty cool. No, that's sweet, man. I mean, it's very commendable that like you had to figure it out early and you just followed through. Kept your eye on the ball the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I tried. Um, the first week was like a lot of training. Like I literally just sat in on meetings as well as uh so i have a direct supervisor kind of and then like a boss boss and my direct supervisor is the guy who like was gonna just give me work and then the boss is the guy who is the overall lead of the media team and uh basically i sat in with the supervisor a lot of training he taught me how to do a lot of stuff i actually have some like action tasks for the company on monday which was cool um i felt pretty good it was like I'm not like too overwhelmed. I was going to say, I mean, even in terms of not workload, do you think it's a lot of um, just getting situated, meeting all the people and like, do you have any anxiety from that? Uh, I mean, like anxiety is a relative term. No. (laughs) So, but I definitely felt like there was a little bit of anxiety in regards to some of like the, the work maybe I'd have to do on Monday because you know, who wants to mess up the first thing they do at a job? Sure. That, that would be awful. Um, no, everyone's been so nice. It's like ridiculous. My boss is actually the, my, one of the nicest people I've ever met. It's it's kind of it's kind of commendable. Oh wow, small businesses are like good and care about people. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, and the crazy thing is, I found out it's less people than I even thought. Like, I, going into it, I thought it was like in the high twenties or low thirties of people. Um, There's only like eighteen people. That's crazy. Yeah, I was like, oh, so. Uh, that's pretty good and to be part of that team i mean one of the people you know selected for that that has to feel good yeah it did and they hired a couple people like along with me so it's like weird that you know like they hired three people and that's like a significant number of people mm-hmm. you know it's like i just got a bad charlie horse holy god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god did you see my face yeah. <laughs> okay we're we're good there's a reason I need to stop running. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like it was a good work week. Um, I was sick all week. Um, we went to a buddy's wedding last week and um, another of our buddies, um, 
I, I have a theory that he was he had a cold and he basically gave it to me. But yeah, it was yeah. a it was a common cold super spreader. That wedding was. Yeah, it spilled milk under the bridge, so it's okay. Um, how was your week or how was your life, Jesus? It's been good, man. I mean, since we've moved out, I moved into a uh, apartment. Used to be a frat apartment, and um, it was absolutely destroyed. I had white walls, white trim, and white light, which just made my room look psychotic, but um, just been slowly but surely putting that together, and um, starting for the LSAT, I'm at uh, I'm at 65 hours now. I don't know what we updated people last time on, but I feel like that's a significant And you're supposed rate. to be at that number, is that? Yeah, I'm supposed to be at... I'm supposed to be at 70 right now. I'm a little behind. You got a little calendar? I do. Okay. I actually wrote you know it down. You looking at yeah, I went uh, oh, okay. day by day on my physical calendar and just kind of, I don't know, plus six on every day just to get cumulative totals. I respect that. And uh, I, I buffered out a lot of time. So I think that on a couple of those quote unquote off days, I can really catch up and get ahead, but I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, if you don't really like give yourself that extra wiggle room, it's probably not going to get as, you're not going to get as much done. If you like act like you're going to always hit the amount that you plan every day. That ain't it, son. Yeah. You're, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I could go 10 podcasts of talking about my insights already from the LSAT. I think that once I have a score, it would be a great conversation to have. Oh, it's something to write down in the little, uh, the little hub. That's a good idea. Actually. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess the other thing going on right now is, uh, I bought a car, so, uh, I would like to, hedge against my former self uh who said like buying cars the devil <laughs> uh i'm never oh, i'm not always right i just uh i uh i have opinions and you know like sometimes life events happen where it's more advantageous for you to buy a new car based on fi certain financial situations so um yeah yeah cars are one of those things where like in theory it sounds terrible but then it's like when like when I had to move, man, it would have been nice to have a car. Yeah, I I feel bad that whole thing. You, do you want to give a a two minute rundown <laughs> of the the U-Haul thing? I think that'd be funny. Yeah, so we scheduled a U-Haul to for six thirty p.m. to ten thirty p.m. Mind you, we got to be out of our apartment the following morning, so this was like pretty last second. We go over to this place. This place is selling mattresses and chicken on the side but also like rents out U-Hauls. <laughs> we get there and we're like, oh, we have a U-Haul like rental. And they say, oh, what size? 10 foot. We don't have any 10 foot trucks. Well, do you have any other size trucks? No, we have no trucks. Then don't even ask me what size. Don't even, don't entertain me. So that doesn't work out. It's, it's 630 and we're like, I don't know what to do. There's no way U-Haul's going to like have something rentable at this last second. So we go to Home Depot and rent a basically one of their like work trucks for 90 minutes because they close at 8. We rush to the apartment. Mm -hmm. takes 15-minute drive. And this is the first time I've ever driven a large vehicle. I was stressed out of my mind from just that. <laughs> we, oh, God. we moved those couches out even though they wouldn't fit on the way coming in so on the way coming out we ripped off a cabinet basically tossed them from the second floor down to this truck moved them over to the other apartment just to find out they wouldn't fit through the door of the apartment take the truck back 
And then we're like, well, we still have four people's stuff that we all need to move because all we did was move that couch. It doesn't fit. So we rented another U-Haul for 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. and went to bed by 4. Oh, God. So it was something, man. I don't know. That is the one of the most atrocious moving stories I've ever heard, man. Yeah. I mean, moral of the story is don't go third party on the U-Haul and plan, like, pack all your stuff, all the little stuff, because just because your mattress is ready to go... I didn't realize how much little stuff I have, man. I have decluttered the hell out of my stuff. I respect that. Uh, he got rid of some stuff from what I heard. So, you know, he's, he, we're drinking each other's Kool-Aid too much. I mean, less meat, you're minimalizing and <laughs> using productivity apps. So we, we, we both learned something from, from each other. Um, and speaking of learning about something new, you know, I, I showed Chance a little bit about hustle culture, um, what it is, who it's for. I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, Gary V is the biggest proponent of it. Uh, do you want me or, or you to, to talk about what hustle culture is? I want you to go in on hustle culture because I think that as much as we maybe hold a negative uh, perspective on it, I think that you definitely have some hustle culture in your veins. Yeah, so... Uh, hustle culture is, it's like kind of like a lifestyle that teaches people that overworking is like the only way to earn respect. This is, I think this is pulled up Google. So sorry for, I'm not going to like plagiarize and not acknowledge it. I, this is a definition I pulled up mm-hmm. off the internet to try to make it easier. And then I'll give more context. It's a lifestyle that teaches people that overworking is the only way to earn respect, whether it be from others or yourself. If you're not putting every possible minute of the day into something productive, you do not have what it takes to be successful. Um, that's kind of like what the overblown negative stigmatized hustle culture definition is, I'd say. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, it's just like hustle culture is essentially this this thing that's been breeded um, through the internet and through an echo chamber of like work harder that gets people to try their hardest at all times. Like you should be productive all the time. Uh, if you aren't working and trying to build a side hustle or your own normal work, or, you know, if you're not spending most minutes of every day working, you're, you're a slacker and like, you're not doing the best you can with your life. That's, that's what I, my definition would be. I think that, I think that's pretty solid. It's just about not only, yeah, it's literally just spending every minute. And I think that it's not even just towards, I think a lot of times I have this version of hustle culture where it's like everything I do is for an end goal. But I think with hustle culture, it almost seems that everything you do is for the same end goal. Like a lot of times, I don't know, I'll like hang out with a friend in a very Epicurean sense to say like, oh, like this is long-term security, like for my health or like safety in the future. But no, like everything you do, like every conversation you have is towards like your business goal. Otherwise you just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a very good uh, point. So do you remember how we talked about like how Ali Abdul or not, I don't even know if it was about Ali Abdul, but there was a, I gave the definition of productivity, right? And it, and I gave the context of it needs context, one, and two, it needs like a, a goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Like in order to, to deem something productive, it needs to have a goal in mind. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say hustle culture takes your life and changes this quote-unquote goal of productivity. So one, it, it is the all-encompassing idea of you need to be productive all the time, Right. But instead of a more healthy idea of that, it takes the goal 
And the goal is to be productive towards making more money and growing your side hustle or whatever businesses it is that you have. Exactly. Yeah. It is kind of losing the means for the ends in a lot of senses where it is about money or, you know, those short, short term re- returns that uh, we often don't like. Yeah. And uh, some of the big proponents of it, definitely Gary V. Um, a lot of people on the internet just overall, I've like adopted this and like preached it. Uh, there's not a whole lot of YouTubers that I follow that preach it. I think it's like really been negatively stigmatized in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I think there was maybe a place in time for it, uh, to a certain extent, but it's definitely not something that's, there's not a huge number of proponents. The biggest one is definitely Gary V and he gets lumped into it. Um, the most for sure. Yeah. I don't know if you ran into anything about WeWork, but actually it's something that I didn't think about, but they're definitely a big hustle culture company. I'm sorry. What is WeWork? WeWork was the whole thing where it was like, um, creating these intelligent office spaces that got people like very interested in working. And Uh, they were, it's crazy. There was a 2019 article out there from the New York times that talks about hustle culture mainly, but talks a lot about WeWork and how they were planning on expanding and making like not only office spaces, but living spaces and education spaces for kids. Like so that you can live where you work and where your kids go to school all in like the same like communal space. And yeah, it's crazy how WeWork is kind of, I don't know. It's, it's gone on the back burner with the whole pandemic. Cause I don't know. No one's going to the office anymore. That ain't it. No, absolutely not. But I didn't even think about that. But that that was somebody that was on my radar. And I never thought about that as a hustle culture proponent. But literally just breathing and living work every moment of your life is what they're striving for. That's kind of ridiculous. I didn't even... I had never heard of this. I'm kind of surprised. I'm not saying I'm like an overly informed person. But I feel like I would have heard of this. Uh, That's (laughs) just... That was... That's ridiculous. I definitely think that there's like... I think we probably both agree on this. There is something wrong with you thinking that it's okay to live and do everything where you work all the time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you don't uh you don't go to the bathroom where you eat your food. Is the uh the PG version of the the phrase I'd like to use. Is the phrase? <laughs> yeah, you do not. It's funny. I think you and I have I think we've talked about this before. We have a different definition in our head of what that means. Oh, absolutely. For me, it's very fluid. <laughs> I use it everywhere I can. Like for me, that definition is you don't produce excrement when you eat is um, more catered towards don't date your coworkers. Yeah, there's definitely that facet of it that I like to use too. But I will just, I'll use it for anything if it's like two things don't need to be happening in the same room. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, but I, I want... I wanted to ask you, what is your, what are your initial thoughts on, on hustle culture? And, and I think, I think this is actually be a decent point where you could, um, ask me the question that you were thinking about asking before the podcast. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. Um, I'll probably, let me put my own intake first is that I think that Gary V in particular is certainly doing something right with the sense that he is just hard selling what he does. I mean, he's a lot like Tim Ferriss where it's, it's this yeah. way and it's it's dogmatic but it certainly is selling and i think that 
with something as intense of an ask as working 60 hours a week or, you know, dedicating your 20s to only working on your career and like just throwing away like your health and eating McDonald's or whatever. That's a that's a high high uh order, tall order. So I I understand why it has to be told so intensely, but at the same time I just I think that it continuously flips on itself because if you watch like that Matt Diavella interview versus any other interview, it's like at one point he really cares about, you know, his physical health or his mental health, but he literally has videos out there where it's like, you can just eat McDonald's from 20 to 25. Like your metabolism is still fast. You're like, you don't need to do that. Like <laughs> screw your health, man. Like work on your work. And it's like, I don't know if you over exaggerate everything like that, you're bound to fall, fall into some kind of, I don't know, some kind of uh contradiction. So that's my take is this that it's, I wish that it was more, strongly outlined like what the facets of this school of thought are yeah but, um, okay that's the that's question a i wanted point. to ask for you and, and here's an interesting oh sorry you go you go i was gonna say the question i was gonna ask for you can you tell who's interrupting who what was that i said i can't sometimes we're, we're not gonna be able to tell who's interrupting who yeah it, it, i gotta get the wi-fi up <laughs> But um, the question I was going to ask is that with the Rise Productive brand, I mean, obviously you lean more towards minimalism than any of these schools of productive thought, but um, you definitely have a, a big influence from hustle culture with this whole idea of waking up early and just grinding it out. And how do you reckon with that? That the fact that you don't like everything Gary Vee might say, but at the same time, I mean, here you are. Yes. So... You, here's here's what I'm going to say. Um, first and foremost, being productive, I think, is good. For me, I think it's good in general. I think a big issue I find with the whole way that Gary Vee's lumped into it, and let's let's use him as an example. You remember that video where he just antagonized that girl about how she's not going to make it because of Oh, that phone call, man, that was brutal. Basically, it was so bad. To give context, essentially a girl called up and was like, you know, uh, I want to be really successful. I want to like be a millionaire by the time I'm 25 or I don't even know if she said million. She might have said something bigger. Yeah. And and he was basically saying, you know, how often are you working? You know, and he went in on her and essentially said, you're not going to be that successful by that age. You got to eat, you know, excrement until you're a certain age uh you need to grind you need to literally spend he said he he put his head down and did not have he said she probably had more downtime and social time than he had during his entirety of his 20s in one weekend and i looked it up and gary v got married when he was 28 so i looked at the camera for effect there for the video <laughs> uh but like he does that. So let's, let's, let's do some dichotomy here with, with what, I, what I, I preach. Is there a universe where I'd do that once? <laughs> or you'd like half do that? Where you just... Yeah, you're just not bold-faced like that. You're just not... You work hard, but you're never going to be like, oh, man, like, the fact that you even say that you want to be a millionaire, that just tells me you're not going to make it. But that's messed up. I was just like... 
it was it was so ridiculous. It was it was over the top, and this is my biggest issue with hustle culture. So I'm gonna answer your question while like weaving in my thoughts on hustle culture. So basically, I am of the belief, and I try to do this, is that I kind of split my videos up into not only productivity videos, but health and wellness, a little personal finance stuff here and there, some practical life tips. Um, I think yeah, I even have a video slated for why success isn't linear. Um, and it's definitely going to be more toned down than whatever Gary would put out. And my thing here is when I mentioned that whole productivity thing, right? Hustle culture is all through the same lens of productivity at all times. My idea of being productive has different aspects to it, right? So I am productively enjoying time with my family after I eat dinner. Right. Because it's for my health. And it's like productive towards me, like having a better life. And that means everything. If you only eat McDonald's and you go all towards the sense of productivity and working as hard as you can, it will lead to burnout. And I really believe that. And apparently Gary V does, but he only says it in the Matt Diavella interview. And he only says it in his books, which you are required to purchase. And what I have a problem with is the fact that hustle culture does this okay and, and this is interesting right so do you remember how i told you about the or did i tell you about the ali abdul podcast where they talked about um unconditional parenting the book that came oh out? yeah yeah yeah. so all that a kid apparently and, and this is this is based off of that author i'm forgetting i'm forgetting his name but it's based off the book unconditional parenting right so parents say they love their kids unconditionally kids in this author's opinion, are the same as adults mentally. They just don't have as many data points to know things. And that's why they say dumb things sometimes. Right. Okay. In regards to us as humans, we all just have a certain number of data points to pull things from, right? So when Gary Vee doesn't like that he's getting pulled into the hustle culture thing, he doesn't like that hustle culture is getting put into this, this negative, toxic thing. If we have 95% of our data points, actually... I'd argue it's like more, it's almost 99. Literally everything but a few things that's quick form content. That's this sort of thing that these online people know very well. The majority of content that someone consumes is quick nowadays. The majority of content that someone consumes does not have the extra layer of context because context doesn't sell. Right. Context doesn't get views. So you act, and he was acting like a victim in this, in this Matt Diavella interview. And it was like, so yeah. you don't understand why you're getting pulled into this, but literally everything you post, except for what you're talking about right now, and in maybe your book, you don't give context ever, but everybody only sees headlines. Everybody only sees shorts. Why would you assume that it's going to be otherwise that people think this? Exactly, man. It's like, we always say that, when you dig into the weeds, you find like the truth and it's usually very different from the selling point and the, the negative connotations yeah. of that brand label. But with Gary V, I I mean, he lives off just those quick clicks. I mean, in that, I think it was in that conversation with the, the girl, but it may have been a different interview where he was just saying that every day I wake up and it's like, I'm looking for the next social media. We, I know we talked about this on the, the Google versus Facebook thing or one mm -hmm. of those episodes, maybe it was self-branding. They, they all blend together at this point. Yeah. But um, it's like when you are continuously just trying to put yourself out there in quick and short little ways, of course, like that's exactly like 
like you said, that's all the data point we have. Like if you have something deeper or more nuanced to say, then you need to say it and make that the point that's getting sold. But he just continuously is so aggressive about the points that he's making and just, just full send on work, work, work that like, yeah, no one thinks that you care about mental health or like eating well. Exactly. And you know, it's another thing that kind of goes against it a lot is I've told you this before. I don't remember. I think a long time ago, you know, Captain Sidenbad, right? Mm-hmm. The, the guy who does like the watches blank once videos. Yeah. 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 I showed you a Gary Vee one a long time ago, mm-hmm. I think. And in it, I mean, he, he goes like, you need to just make content all the time, make content. <laughs> you need to literally, and like, you know, does certain inappropriate things. You need to blank content. Like you need to yeah. content all the time, all the time. I mean, that's Gary Vee's philosophy on content, right? Mm-hmm. So if he's going for quantity, right? And he's repurposing the same message everywhere. I don't, I, I can't get, I can't get behind the victim card even more. Cause it's not like he's Matt Diavella making one video every like two and a half weeks. And he messed up like 30% of the, he doesn't say the nice thing like 30% of the time in the one YouTube video. The difference is he doesn't just use the YouTube video. Then he clips it and puts it on YouTube shorts. Then he clips it and puts it on TikTok. Then he clips it and puts it on LinkedIn. It's like you're quadrupling down on this every time you say it. You know that, right? Because of your content philosophy. So I don't, I don't really like have sympathy for you being like brought into this. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't feel bad. It's exactly the reason that he's successful. And it's like, he doesn't even like his own winning philosophy at times. Yeah. And I think that may have been a little bit of human in him. And I'm going to get a little more positive in the moment. So I get a little like, Ugh. but like a little bit of his humanity was probably like, you know, it's probably not good that people think they need to literally work nonstop all the time. <laughs> I should probably say something. Yeah. But it's like, if you feel that way, then why are you even perpetuating this, this theory that like, or I don't know, this trend even that like you just have to clock as many hours as you can because it's infectious and that's what people know him for. It's never going to be, oh yeah, Gary Vee told me to take a break today. No one would ever say that. I, yeah, I agree with that last sentence. I, I genuinely do not know a person who knows who Gary Vee is and knows what he's about who would think that that, that goes together. And that's, that's the main issue. And so in comparison to myself, like I said, I think it's really good to be productive. And I, I'm going to talk about some thoughts and positives of hustle culture and the concepts in general real quick. Um, I think it's a good thing to have self-worth and value what your goals are. Mm-hmm. I think that and that maybe is where really they does. Yeah. I was going to say that's where they intersect, but I think you did make a good point earlier about saying that, you know, when you're eating dinner, you feel like you're being productive towards your, your mental health. That's something that the hustle culture doesn't consider versus productivity. That's where the, the Venn diagrams, there's two different sides now. Exactly. The Venn diagram. You like that? You like Venn diagrams. I feel like you've done this before. Is this like this isn't the first time? I like spectrums and Venn diagrams and all that stuff, man. It's all on a spectrum. It's all subjective. <laughs> exactly. We're not, hey, we're not experts on anything. We're just enthusiasts on everything. And this is funny. So when we were looking at this, um, this Matt Develop interview, he kind of said something we said. Like he, he, it's like the same thing. Um, I think it's like one of the funniest cop outs I've ever heard. Um. It, he just kind of worded it differently. 
he's like, oh, I never said I was right. Like, I've never said I'm, ever, I'm always right about this. Like, I think it's different for everyone. Like, for being productive um, and, like, doing, like, the most hustle-wise for yourself, like, that could be making 100K a year and, like, having a wonderful family. Like, that's awesome. And I'm like, dude, you've never, like, this is the first time. Don't, what is it? What are you, what are you saying? Like, is it? <laughs> no. Yeah, for someone who just makes a living off spitting dogma, he's really saying that, like, no, no, don't listen to my dogma. Like, go find out your own truth. It's like, okay. I, I wish he, and this is my thing, right? There's a little bit of envy there, right? So Gary Vee is, is a very influential person. Obviously, if there's a small percentage of me that while making videos, I'd like to be like a large influencer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's in there. I'm, I'm, acting like it's not is, I think, disingenuous. Sure. Right. I'm jealous of the fact that he got to where he is based off of that dogma spreading rather than going from the approach that I think other people I like have gone about, like the Matt Diavella route, or I, I don't want to say me, like like me doing it this way, I think would be the, like I I could live with myself if I acted like this and then became successful. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's when it's eating him up inside that his art is clearly not representative of him as an artist. And I'm using these terms loosely. Art. Yes. <laughs> Very artist. Random question. I don't usually do this. We usually stay on topic. But speaking of art, do you see a Inside by Bo Burnham? Dude, RD asked me about that the other day. Really? He, he asked me twice. You need to. I need to. I do. You need to. Okay. Just do that. That's art. Anyone just randomly 30 minutes of the podcast, watch that. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I think that's some positives of hustle culture. Like there's other things. I, th- I think it's really important to work hard. Like I got told that a lot growing up um, and I think it was good for me, but I think there's, there's just like this layer that that needs to be there. Right. And I have toxic productivity problems. Okay. Like I'll, I'll open up about that. I've said that before. Like I, I think I needed, I need to invent rules for myself to make myself less toxically productive, which sounds like counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of messed up, but like, that's where I'm at. Right. And I don't think hustle culture has room for that. I don't think, I don't think they allow for the room to exist. Otherwise hustle culture wouldn't sell as well. Right. Yeah. And I think there's like two nuances here. I think one of them is that I'm thinking back to this whole we work thing. I don't think it's not commendable to be so in love with your work that you want to live there and just breathe it. But it seems yes. like regardless of whether you like your job or not, this is just kind of a ram your head into the wall, like kind of approach where it's just like, screw if you like it or not. Like, let's just see if we can clock these hours and like kind of drag ourselves through the mud. So that's the first thing. I think there's a difference there and hustle culture doesn't really care as much about you finding something that you love as working hard at that thing that you happen to be doing. And I think the second thing was from our self-help for self-care conversation. Like you said, there's no room for self-care in this. There's no cure personalis. It is, if you can shed as many of the facets of your life as you can to put that towards hustle culture instead, you do. And I think, you know, as a self-proclaimed, um, mild workaholic i have concerns about what this means for children really of these people why is that i'm telling you the reason i think i focus so much on the whole like self 
care aspect of my stuff is I would like to be a dad one day. And I don't think it'd be good if I ever get there. And I think so dogmatically about work is everything. Because I think that'd be bad for the kid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Be- and that sounds weird that I'm thinking more for, for that than like myself. But like, I don't like, I think a lot of people shouldn't have kids. I'm going to be blunt. I think a lot of people <laughs> shouldn't have kids. And I think this is leading towards that to be a higher num- percentage of the population. Just because people are just going to be so focused on their work and just lose the, the means for the ends. If you like, yeah, the whole point is like, what are you, what are you working hard for? Like, what is the point? There is this really good Italian film out there that you would like. It's called the bicycle thief and mm-hmm. quick synopsis. It's this guy who loses his job. He gets a new job where he needs a bicycle and he gets his bicycle stolen. And the entire movie, he is like running around some Italian city looking for this bike with his kid. And the, the cinematography is just beautiful because like the kid will always be like running behind him or like he'll like forget about his kid when he's like trying to get the bike. And it's just like, oh, no. just talk about like a manifestation of losing the, the ends or the means here. It's like, you literally don't even care about your kid because you want to like get this bike to feed your like family with it. But it's like, how are you going to feed your family if your kid gets hit by a car? Oh, that's so bad. But it's just crazy. how like, you're right. When this hustle culture happens, it's a, it's a self-sacrifice that just, doesn't leave you with enough identity to take care of those like emotionally or in any other sense besides financially. I agree. And you know what I think is important here? I think, uh, I believe in habit building, right? I think from what I've learned and like learning about productivity habits and stuff or productivity principles and stuff is like habit building is, is difficult. Um, but then like once it's ingrained, it's like really there. Right. So my issue here is thinking about all these people who have built hustle culture into their, into their like life habitually. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then they throw extenuating things in there that they are, I would say morally responsible for. I think if you bring a child into the world, you're morally responsible for it. Like, I don't think that's outlandish to say. Yeah. I would say it's pretty well accepted. I think as well as if you commit to a marriage, same thing. Mm. So how are these people who are in their you know early mid 20s that put their head down and don't look up until they're 35 going to turn that off switch on i mean the on switch off sorry that uh, yeah how are they going to turn (laughs) the on switch off when the kids are old enough to like you know acknowledge what the what daddy does and or mommy does and if they're overly like this i mean i don't want to like bring in an older generation thing so I would say it's good that our generation has a little bit more of self care to it. Yeah. Because, well, I don't agree with everything that our generation has in regards to like work ethic. I think maybe we overshot it, you know, but like there's an in-between there that's really going to be good for like kids. Cause I think, let's say a few generations ago, you, I know a fair amount of people who are in their like seventies or eighties now. Man, they work so hard for so long that like by the time they're done, I just feel like they didn't have any relationship with their kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do think we have overcorrected. I think that the generations of the past, it was just, and I mean, and partially it's just like the situation you're in where it's just like, yeah, you don't uh-huh. have a choice. It's just like work, work, work. And I don't know, the <laughs> the bond with your children is just built around, you know, making it by and them being grateful. The fact that 
you're feeding them and putting them in a good position. But I think that now we've overcorrected in a big sense where it's, we, we almost, uh, we, we can avoid the work too much and maybe work too much on our, our self-care. But, um, you know, here's, here's something interesting here. Um, I've had, I've developed this opinion recently. I'm forgetting whether I, I feel like definitely Cal Newport influenced it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm of the opinion that if we could have stopped internet and technological advancement advancement in like 08, we would peak from a society in, in a lot of ways. I feel like after 08, people spent more time on their devices than they ever have. Social interactions gone down. Um, but th- that what there it was at a very good spot in regards to like technological and efficiency for having email, you know, like things existing, you know, but then we've like, we've overshot where it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. We definitely have overshot like, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, it's interesting that you have this 08 take on technology because I am almost of the opinion that no matter where we freeze frame i just think that people are just always going to view things in a very relative fashion and it's like fair enough as long as there's discrepancy amongst the socioeconomic classes or what have you i think that people will always be kind of unhappy with that it's got to be more of an internal look okay that's very fair and also i I came to a realization where it's funny so i had this opinion and then i watched inside by bo burnham and it doubled down on it um, <laughs> he has a song called "Welcome to the Internet." Uh, uh, I heard this whole I heard this whole special is very uh, anti-internet. He has hey, you're a big uh, you're, what the what the hell is the you you're uh like it's a train a motif you're a big motif guy. Oh, I love motifs. So he's got like a couple motifs in there. It's like anti-internet, anti-capitalism, like it's in there, you know. And once you watch, you'll see. You'll be like, ah, this is the motifs he was referencing. But I I appreciate your take on the relative the relative nature of my opinion. I think that's very fair. But I do want to. I, I, we we should sit down and fully flesh out this 08 opinion because I do think that like if we could all have slide phones, that'd be so much better. Yeah, honestly, and like it was just like we were at this precipice of everything, and I remember. And this is interesting because I thought about this the other day after I watched Inside. Trust me, it's life-changing. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know how. I mean, it, is it a comedy special? Is it a is it an intervention about the world? I don't know what it is. But I thought to myself back in like 08 or I'd say, okay, let's say 2012 when I had an iPod Touch. That's a similar time frame in my opinion. I was like, man, I can't wait until the entirety of the world... I have fast internet at all times everywhere. (laughs) And like Wi-Fi would be like readily available to anywhere I'd go in the U.S. Yada, yada. Or at that point, right? So like we hit there. (laughs) My my quality of life is worse. I'd say. Really? Like in regards to my ability to enjoy enjoy like day-to-day things because having that as a child and this is like going back to the data points thing as a kid, I thought... You know, just having that and having that fun all the time, like that's good. But now like with more data points of like growing up and learning, don't think it's great that everyone has the ability to consume content at all times. Not healthy, not good. Um, so I don't know. What am I saying? I mean, if what you don't want to bring this, I think you're, 
trying to tie the knot here that like when we're able to consume so much i mean just as it's tempting to always like see posts of your friends and think i need to be with my friends in the same sense this hustle culture very much um markets itself so that people think like i need to be hustling all the time it's even more tempting than it's ever been and maybe that might be a reason why your quality of life is perceivably lower because there's always somebody that's going to be trying to one-up you and it's even more obvious on the internet very good point i think that's good i'm rolling with it we're rolling with it and essentially because of that i think that led me to the level of proxy eh, toxic productivity that i have so here's an example my dad works very hard hard worker implemented into my into his parenting good on him i appreciate it the echo chamber that then came forward by me then going and searching things online not good for the head <laughs> too far sure yeah yeah early 2010s youtube amount of content and amount of um consuming content dimitri probably the probably the right balance because there's only so many things i could watch and then there's like cat videos mixed in there so i'm good yeah, a little bit of a little bit of self care there. <laughs> the uh, yeah, and the algorithm would not have absolutely only shoved that in my face because I'm going to be honest. It's 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 weird because I sometimes I log into my old account, you know, like how I made videos in high school. Like sometimes I like switch between accounts just to me, <laughs> and the feed, even though I haven't watched stuff in years, it's good. Like it it, it remembers everything I used to watch. And this was like, you know, 2016 sort of algorithm, like sure. from those videos that are my history from back then, but the algorithm like keep kept going and based on my search history and my watch history. And I just know for a fact when I was younger, it was not that good. It was not this good at bringing me back to the same kind of, same kind of watering hole every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I hear you're saying where it's just giving you a, a better balance of things it's not just uh all the productivity consumption exactly all it, i mean it, it it showed me just in general what was popular mm -hmm. rather than popular and what i'm the current kool-aid i'm drinking yeah i think it is important you're making a good point about um this whole kool-aid thing and i think that this is where i turned a little introspective about the whole hustle culture thing is that i don't i don't know Perhaps I work hard to an extent, but I don't think I'm, I wouldn't call myself like the hardest worker right now. I just, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I would think that where it gets me is this whole idea that I'm just very unsettled at a lot of times. And I think time blocking has helped with this a lot. I think that mm. even, I don't know, clocking my time on toggle and giving myself like goals about where i need to be helps me settle a lot with these things but there's always this moment where it's like you're doing x and why isn't it y like i'm sitting here eating dinner having a conversation with my girlfriend but it's like why aren't i calling my friend from home and keeping that relationship or why am i not doing this it's just like this hyper hyper sensation to just always be like tying all those loose ends and I think that for me is where hustle culture gets it for me is that it's like, it's always the need to be doing something and not just mm. do it. it. It invalidates everything that is self care and just good for the mental health. 
Yeah, see, that's that's a very good point. Um, and I, I struggle with this sometimes too. Uh, I mean, we we were trying to have dinner the other night uh, before, like, I think it was like Father's Day situation, right? We're recording this on Father's Day, but we like, I had more time to spend with my dad the day before. So it's not about when you celebrate the holiday. It's about that you spell, celebrate the holiday. Just put that in there. Um, <laughs> about who you're with. Yeah, but it is about, yeah. So I was like getting kind of irritated at the fact that like the dinner time wasn't consistent. This does not exist in my head if it was not for all the self-help stuff I consume. I mean, this is just like, this is just a product of my toxic productivity. And I was just like, afterwards I felt bad about like being like, yo, what's up with the time? Like discrepancy here. And I was just like, in my head, I'm like, dude, what, what even was that? And I had, I had some like thoughts about this and I definitely want to bring it up in this podcast today because um, toxic productivity and like productivity isms are different than hustle culture a little bit um they they fall under the same umbrella in that they bring hyper awareness i think this is i'm not saying a better way of what you were saying but mm-hmm. you said you used like hyper you said hyper something i'm forgetting the word you use sensation maybe hyper sensation that's that's fair i just think the word that came to me was hyper awareness mm-hmm. the level of hyper awareness i have for whether something is productive or not is so much higher than it should be i don't think it's healthy yeah the bar is high that's um, that's for certain i set a rule for myself a long time ago that i don't follow enough which is post dinner if you got everything done stop caring ain't i don't i don't follow through on that way too many times like i i don't follow through on that a lot and i definitely think hustle culture and that whole concept for somebody similar would only exacerbate that problem, which I don't think is healthy. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, not being able to, where it just seeps into your life, where it's like, even if you like say on your free time, like you're going to go scroll through Instagram. And the next thing you know, you see Gary Vee telling you that you're not working hard enough. Like that just it entirely intruded on my, on my free time. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's something that's interesting to me because we've talked about before how um, I think a lot of my YouTube um, content consumption, like my passive YouTube content consumption is my subconscious telling me I need to take a break without me actually letting me take, letting myself take a break. Sure. <laughs> I, I have, I have at post detox. I thought about this mm-hmm. a lot and I definitely think it's that. Interesting. What is another point that actually, um, want to bring up to you when I was thinking about hustle culture, because we do talk a lot about toxic productivity more so with you than with me. But for me, I don't think that I have a good time or an easy time distinguishing the two. And I was curious if you had entirely different concepts in your head. Do they have their similarities or these just, what's your take? The difference between what? Sorry. Toxic productivity and hustle culture. Toxic productivity. Oh man. I feel like the, the words I'm about to say could be like clipped as like some, some profound BS that I'm coming out that's coming out of my mouth. Toxic <laughs> the difference between toxic productivity and hustle culture is that toxic productivity comes from within. Okay. And that hustle culture comes from an echo chamber 
on the internet. And it's more external pressure than an internal pressure. Very good point. Uh, you know, a lot of times I think, I think much more about the hustle part than the culture part, but it really is something that doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's only when no. you're surrounded by people who are just as fueled to ram their head into the wall as you are that it, it occurs. Exactly. It's like, I mean, you know, we've experienced the, the hype speeches. We've experienced the like being in a group and like echo chambering about like, we're going to get this done running wise and whatever. And it's like in a vacuum, no team that don't exist. Exactly. You're, you'd have goals and you would hype yourself up, but it would be much more hedged. It would be realistic because, I don't know, you're just, people are better with being even realistic like, with themselves. I agree. And even, the, and even toxic productivity-wise, most people who complain about being toxically productive are aware. Yeah. No, I would absolutely agree with that. Whereas, like, when you I get would say part if somebody's of the, I would, sorry, I would say if somebody's completely into hustle culture, <laughs> that was a funny fit. I would say if somebody's completely into hustle culture, sometimes they're not even aware because of how echo chambering the people around them are. Sorry, continue. Oh, no, you're right. I mean, you definitely can get tunnel vision about that. I was basically going to say the same thing. So I'm glad we were synced up. We are synced up over the internet in real part in our life. Um, I, I definitely think, I definitely think like furthering that point, you know, here's an example. Um, there's not as much of a cult following, I'd say, with toxic productivity to this extent. Everyone likes Matt Diavella that watches his videos consistently. I may be a fanboy, but if he switched like this <laughs> and did some really sketch stuff, I mean, I'm jumping off the boat. I don't know if hustle culture really allows for that as much. So, um, since I'm more in the toxic productivity boat, um, full, I mean, full disclosure, like, did you, I don't know if I've mentioned Richard Yu to you before, but um, Ahmed and I are two, we may have him on the podcast soon again, by the way, he wants to come on. He texted me about it. This, he's a guy I had on the podcast a while ago. Oh, um, yeah. Two times. And, you know, we've talked a lot about it. Um, my personal opinion, I'm not going to speak for him is um, Richard Yu, a guy who I used to really like on YouTube, has fully gone off the wagon, um, is like really not the same person, uh, and is selling $5,000 courses. Matt did that, I'm jumping off the wagon. But if I was a, a hustle culture guy, I'm not jumping off the wagon. Probably. Because I don't That's think what it you lets live for. Me. I don't think the culture lets me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about churning out content and churning out results, right? I mean, if it's a $5,000 course, you pat him on the back and say, hey, good for you, man. Like, hustle. Like, I'm not going to buy it, but, I mean, cheers to you, you know? Yeah, it, it's frustrating, though, because, like I said, I, I, think it's, I think it's good to preach things. Um, and I guess one thing to wrap things up would be, like, I think it's good that overall Gary Vee and hustle culture as a whole is preaching being better for yourself. But I wish they would stop pretending as if there isn't self-interest involved in preaching it. Exactly, yeah. It's entirely just to cover himself and these critiques that come at him. And it only, I mean, like I said, we'd watched that, that's, that spin-off video where the dude was mocking Gary Vee 
I had it hit me very close because I know I like without even seeking out Gary Vee's content, I knew what he was about just because of the way he turns out content and just enters my feed so well. But unless you do some deep dives, you actually know that he does care a little bit about self-care and the whole person. So yeah, it, it, it's bad. But the question I had for you, maybe to wrap things up, is it mm-hmm. does seem like there can be a fine line between preaching productivity without preaching this hustle culture. Like I said with you, like you have the 5 a.m. routine thing that you do a lot. And it, 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 can, it can border on the line sometimes. So what do you think we have to do in order to not um, contribute to this culture <laughs> that's making people just uncomfortable with themselves without well at the same time you know giving people good tips that actually could better themselves and okay totally agree very good question if we're going to be making these this content for a while it's good that we do this and i think a big thing that we do is we talk about a lot of different topics by the way we um i think that's why i always try to change it up with you i think that's the first thing um the second thing is this you should always go from the approach I'd say to to separate the two of I'm not right. I just like this, but you need to say it all the time. Continuously emphasize how you're just an enthusiast. I mean, you do like, this is like, it's a joke, right? But it's not like us saying that all the time. (laughs) It's funny, but like it brings the point home of like, Hey, I'm 23 you're 21 or 22 sorry we don't know everything yeah like this is not viable like this which obviously not everyone believes that but like this isn't like sacred ideas or sacred stuff i am wrong with probably half or more of the things i say on the podcast but i'm just presenting the concepts and if you like it and want to run with it cool yeah no i definitely agree i think that it was nice that Gary V hedged that in one video, but I think you need to be, you know, that needs to be one of your biggest selling points is that, you know, I'm just a guy, I'm just human. And like, these are my takes and obviously they're from my perspective, but they don't make sense for everyone. And I think that here comes Nietzsche. Nietzsche really hated religion, but he really respected Buddha and he really respected Jesus because he said that, he, they both made an internal you know, look toward themselves to say, what makes sense for me? He really liked that. What he didn't like was the fact that he began to, or both of them, began to push that dogma onto everyone else and tell them that that's their solution too. And I think that that is uh, the point that we got to make here is that we got to be more Nietzschean in the sense where we're just saying, this is what works for me. You need to be seeking your own solutions. So it's funny. Uh, that was a great point, by the way. I really like that. But you know, it's funny. This is really meta, and we probably both forgot about this. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just stupid. But I forgot just now that we hedge every podcast with the intro. <laughs> did you like? Did that? Yeah, yeah. No, I I love that. That's what's there. I mean, it was a joke when we kind of like drew it up, but it actually is. Uh, a nice little caveat i mean like we say it and every it's like hi my name's dimitri i'm a minimalist and productivity enthusiast and you're like 
what do you want guys enthusiasts not right <laughs> exactly no authority no authority don't listen to us which is i think it's better i almost was like i was about to say like before before like you're finishing your point i'm thinking in my head i'm like oh you know it'd be a good idea if like in the um in the outro because we need to make an outro like in the outro if we said like we're not enthusiasts about anything or everything sorry we're not experts on anything we're we're enthusiasts on everything and like adding that to the intro or the outro would be perfect but then i'm like dude you already do that like what how'd you forget i don't know <laughs> hey i'm always down to double down on something we could do that yeah like at some point we gotta implement that we gotta make a uh intro at some point i think it'll be funny um i definitely uh i definitely say that like I think this has been good overall. I think your question, by going back to your question, I think, I think the the way we've gone about podcasts has been pretty good. I'd say our first episode, we just kind of ripped on rich people, and then like we kind of fixed that tonality. Yeah, I think that we did have a bit of an issue with breaking down other people, and in the sense, like almost building ourselves up and saying that we've got it figured out. But I think now we're much more humble that as we dive into these topics and realize the the complexities and nuances of these things are just beyond our full comprehension. Exactly. And I think part of it was like, you know, we had to like try to and yeah, let's be real people. Like it's this is an internet show versus like you ask two buddies going from ripping on people to like with each other in their apartment to like putting a mic in front of them. And like, well that could be good in regards to like authenticity being full throttle. I don't think it's good that we used to talk like that all the time. And it wasn't all the time. I'm just saying. Yeah. But like also not very good to put yourself out there in the internet that you know everything. I'm just, just going to say that. Yeah. I mean, but look at Gary Vee, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, Gary Vee's got the best caveat of all time. Um, and he's got some of the best content all the time and he makes a lot of content. So in all seriousness, if you do like Gary Vee, like, you know, it's fine. Like, I'm not going to say like, Oh, Gary Vee sucks. Like, it's fine. If you want to watch Gary Vee, watch Gary Vee. I'm not going to hate on you. Um, but with that being said, any last points you have to make before we close things up? No, I just wanted to hop on that whole little Gary Vee, uh, you know, rebuttal here. He's a cool guy. I mean, I honestly, like he's obviously where he is, for a reason and he definitely brings a good voice into the productivity realm but it's not the one that i'm gonna you know full send on i'm not gonna 100 percent agree with what he says so. yeah we can send it on some things but we're not sending it in all the way on this this is a i'd say he's like a six out of ten five out of ten of the send sendo meter yeah He's a. <laughs> we need to we need to make a better name for the book review, uh, sendometer. Maybe we'll call it that. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> in in our friend group, or I think this is a you. This is a chanceism. The send it. Let's send it. Oh yeah. Like Freaking you drop an f bomb in there, but you go let's. Well, a pseudo f bomb. The the ck versus the ick versus the u. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let's send it. <laughs> the uism. I think that's a. I think it's a uism. Yeah, it is. it's a bit of a meism, but I don't know. I'm created by culture. That's Porter Mosier, isn't? <laughs> I'm from Loyola. Porter Mosier left for Oklahoma. Feels bad. Okay, so with that being said, thank you guys for listening to 
the first remote edition of Arise Productive Podcast. And we will see you guys on the next one. Bye.